0: lob TALK RADIO
1: You say Four more years of Trump's not a price that you're willing to pay You cry When you see breaking news Cause you know Trump's a really dumb guy Why so sad You know that we proved our derangement in 2016 Now he's making us mad Remember, despite his arraignments, he's still there. We'll fight back on the show that is called Liberal Dan Radio. We'll fight back on the air. Call me up and show me that you care. Listens rise, ratings fall. And I'll keep broadcasting through it all. So subscribe, don't be late, and you'll hear me on Blog Talk Radio on Wednesday nights at eight. Da 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 da
0: you from new orleans louisiana to join the conversation it's area code 914-803-4131 that's area code 914-803-4131 or if you uh, have a free blog talk radio account you can always go to the show page the episode page on blogtalkradio.com slash liberal sign into that account and join us in the chat room where you can leave your comments questions there if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can even even leave your comments, questions, concerns, et cetera, on the show thread at LiberalBand.com, Facebook.com slash or at Liberal Band Radio on Twitter. And if you'd like to support the podcast, it's Patreon.com slash and you can go to LiberalBand.com and find all the other ways you can find me on social media as well. So, uh, the bottom half of the hour, we're going to be having an interview with uh, Ian Gerwitz, Uh Author of Death to America How We We the People Screwed Ourselves, and I look forward to that. It's been a while since a good minute since we've had a uh, published author on the show. Uh, Technically, I had one short story published, so I guess technically we always have a published author on the show, but that's not what we're talking about. So we'll be uh, having him on at the bottom half of the hour to discuss his book and all things. Donald Trump and how America really did screw ourselves as I say in the intro we proved our derangement in 2016 and so and if we reelected we will continue to do so uh, speaking of that initial the the intro music I, I know I did say that I was going to release it if people uh actually, if, if 100 people contributed to the podcast, to the Patreon, that I would consider at that point um, doing the second Well, I, I feel a muse hitting me. I really want to get that done, and I really want to finish that assignment, uh, I guess, so to speak. want to finish that parody. Make you know, I don't like to leave it half finished. So I may very well do it and produce it and put it on the Patreon. So You're still going to have to contribute to the Patreon to hear the second half, but it will be there to anybody who does uh, decide that they want to support the show. So there's that. Um, We will see when I get it done. Maybe sometime this week i have most of the lyrics worked out in my head. Now just to get them down to paper. So there's that. Um, What else? Just been, you know, hell of a week uh, dealing with, the fact that we've had three days of now of Amy Coney Barrett, and I really, I really hate, I hate that I that I have to be able to say, I was right, I told you so. I don't remember the first day that I was concerned about Amy Coney Barrett being a nominee and being the person who Trump would replace. I don't know if. I ever mentioned her name prior to, I don't know if I would have mentioned her name prior to her getting appointed to the uh, appeals court. But I was concerned prior to the 2016 election that Donald Trump would get to name up to three Supreme court justices in his first term. And people looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, that's ridiculous. He's not going to name three people to the Supreme court in his first term. Well, guess what he did, folks? He named – there's another thing where I could say, I told you so. I was right. Now, again, I wish I could. I wish I was wrong. I wish I was inept at in politics and, and didn't understand what was going on and, and didn't have valid and accurate concerns about uh, the political processes, processes in this country. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's not the case, and I accurately predicted that. I accurately predicted Amy Coney Barrett being – Uh, the nominee for a very long time. And I hope I'm not right about other things like, you know, his unwillingness to transfer power and my hope that the military for the United States would act like the Egyptian military uh, back in uh, when Egypt's people revolted and they did a peaceful transition of power to the new government. I'm hoping that we don't have to test that out. I'm hoping I'm wrong about that too in that not that they would do it they that they would or wouldn't do it but that we would need it because i anticipated needing it and i hope i'm wrong on that as well so um but before we talk about you know any the Amy, Amy Coney Barrett hearings just amazing i didn't get much audio off of them but there is a, a cuz there really isn't much audio to worry about in these hearings because most of the hearings were um them asking questions or Democrats asking questions about how she feels about specific uh, rulings or cases, or and she was said I can't comment on those. It would be, I'm not going to comment on hypotheticals and I can't comment on active cases that might reach the Supreme Court. Um, and she won't comment on whether or not she was going to recuse herself if there are issues that are coming up through the courts that you know, we're coming up to the courts, her nomination and or if, and that's one of the reasons why they want to get her in quickly, because they want to be able to have her there for the November 10th case so that uh, they, she can rule against the Affordable Care Act, but also so that she could be there on November 3rd and beyond so she could rule on the, the election itself. And as it was shown today, MSNBC did a good job with this. They basically explained how three people who worked for the Republican Party during the 2000 elections, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, who wrote like the summaries of, I guess, every of each day's legal proceedings. And then I think organized the final 50 page draft that was sent to uh, the Supreme Court uh, in the, for the final arguments, and he did that in t- apparently twenty-four hours. He he was one of those attorneys that was that was working. It was a, it was a big team, like two hundred people on that team. So I mean, maybe you throw a sheep somewhere in that room, and you're going to find another lawyer who might eventually serve on the Supreme Court. But you had him, you had Kavanaugh, and now apparently you had Amy Coney Barrett, who as an associate attorney was working on um, allowing a certain there's like 640-something ballots that were, I think, potentially were improperly filled out by Republican operatives before they were absentee ballots, before they were sent out to uh, these Republican voters and these Republican voters sent them back. And it could possibly be that these people didn't, might not have voted had they not received these improperly, potentially improperly sent absentee ballot applications. And but and those 630-something votes, wound up voting for Bush, which is more than the margin of error that Bush won by when Florida by in 2020 or I mean, sorry in 2000. So, so you, you now will have it because she's going to be on the court. There's, there's unless some big, huge bombshell like explodes that makes her not palatable to conservatives and considering Donald Trump should have at this point done many things that would consider him to be impalatable. And the conservatives like, all right, here we go. Yeah, go Donald Trump. Because they haven't lost their way on Trump yet. I'll have no reason to believe that anything could possibly come up that would derail Amy Coney Barrett. Maybe if she- I don't know if she had an affair with Obama or something that might be enough to make them go eh. But even then they'd probably be like, "Well, she's a beautiful woman and we don't like Michelle Obama, so it's no wonder that that uh, Barack Obama would do that and well, you know, we 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 uh we don't blame her for it because people are allowed to make mistakes or something like something like that. That that's what probably they would do. I'm not I'm not saying that that happened obviously. I'm just using that as a rhetorical comment but the idea that she could I, I can't imagine anything possibly that, that conservatives would be like well I've just lost faith in her I don't believe she's a good choice anymore and I think she should be pulled from the from the decision making process because they don't because they don't want that to happen because they want to make sure that they have nine people in there in the Supreme Court so that when Trump Challenges the outcome of the election and says, look, I should have won this election, even when the evidence is clear that he lost, that he could take it to the Supreme Court and hope that the Supreme Court rules in his favor. Now, what would be lovely is to be like, okay, here, like, maybe get like a, a 5-4 ruling where, like, you know, they, the people that he picked votes against him and he know, and he doesn't get to get retain a second term because they're like, you're ridiculous, stop it. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. You only have four. And there's a there's a concerning point that was made um, on the... There's a concerning point that was made today. I think I was listening to MSNBC as well. In that because, it's, because there's three liberals and Roberts, that Roberts, who kind of, I think, likes to think about his legacy as chief justice, very well be less willing to vote with Democrats on a, and, and on a 5-4 loss because on a 6-3 ruling he could kind of guide the way. But, you know, so if he's not going to be able to bring, like, Kavanaugh or Gorsuch over to his side and then be on the winning side, he may very well go on the other side and side with with the majority simply to give him the ability to say – Who's going to write the opinion? And that's a big deal. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what happens with all that. I mean, there's been several cases or some cases where Gorsuch was like, you know, or I think there was one case where Gorsuch sided with the liberal side. There was one case where Kavanaugh sided with the liberal side. So they're not 100% guaranteed to be in lockstep with each other. But we all know why they're there. We all know why Trump why the Republicans did what they did. It's part of the Republican coup. And it's something that's it's a series of videos that I would love to make and I hope to have time to do it before the election just to kind of expose uh, what I see kind of a long haul coup. Like usually coups are quick, but this is kind of a below the scenes, you know, and worst kept secret type thing, but just put make the case all together. This is what they did and this is how they did it. Starting with the red Bat project, going into gerrymandering, going into um, you know, the stealing of the Obama seat uh, for the Supreme Court nomination, to then reversing course on the Supreme Court and getting Amy Coney Bernard on there, um, targeting you know the, the the you know losing the popular vote but winning the election all that all that stuff. So I hope to make a, a couple of maybe three four videos. About the GOP coup, and hopefully it ends at three or four, and it doesn't actually become successful. Because hopefully it just it eventually fails because the people of this country will have had enough with Trump and his idiocy. And but before we get before we go into uh, more about Amy Coney Barrett, I, and I do want to go a little bit that before we get to our guests, um, just just it came out today that that there was somebody somebody in the World Health Organization was like. Countries shouldn't solely rely on social distancing as a way to, um, as a way to, um, whatchamacallit, as a way to uh, fight the virus. And the Trump administration latched on to this, like, see, the World Health Organization says we shouldn't do social distancing. I'm like, no, that's not what that means. Now they've fully latched on to herd immunity. And they've talked about it before um, and you kind of had to know what was coming because because he's now saying that he's cured and that he's immune. Um, that he, he can't get it again. That he could go out there and kiss every man and woman in his rallies, which you know, sounds a little bit more kinky than what a Republican rally would normally be. But you know, that he started to say, oh, I'm I'm immune, I'm immune, I'm immune. And the thing is, like, there's no vaccine. It's not safe. You get a vaccine, you get hurt, you can get herd immunity with a vaccine. Without a vaccine, without a vaccine, you have the possibility that you could kill millions of Americans with this. It's dangerous. The Maverick scientists had call for allowing the coronavirus to spread um, at natural rates, quote, amongst healthy people while keeping most aspects of the economy up and running, have found an audience within the White House and at least one state capitol. Um, this is from October 13th, so yesterday. I um, would ask for comment, HSS referred to our reporter to Azar's subsequent Twitter statement. Uh, we heard strong reinforcement of the Trump administration's strategy of aggressively protecting the vulnerable while opening schools in the workplace. So they want to push for herd immunity. Um they want there's no evidence, however, that not every you know, you get the flu, you can still get the flu. Now, now clearly this is not the flu, but the flu is an example of a virus that you can get that you can get herd immunity. Um or you you, you get your immunity more from vaccines than you do from having the flu. Because you could have the flu I mean, you can get the vaccine and still get the flu because the flu has many strains. And you can get the vaccine and get, you can, you can not have a vaccine, you can get the flu, and then you can still get the flu later on, later on next year, because having the flu doesn't preclude you from getting another flu,
1: another strain of it.
0: There are many viruses that don't have that effect. You know, not everything is the measles. Not everything is chickenpox. You get the chickenpox, you're not getting the chickenpox again. That's how the chickenpox works. That's not how every virus works. I mean, if you have, if you get herpes, you're not going to get herpes again because you, you're not going to lose the herpes either. But so that's another way that viruses. Some viruses don't go away. But if you have COVID, there's no evidence currently showing that you can remain. Immune to the virus for any significant amount of time. There's somebody who had it who tested positive for it six weeks ago, I think, and then he, when they were negative, and then he got it again. So there, there are cases of people showing that showing that they're they're catching COVID for a second time, and that just shows, or at least as evidence, that herd immunity does not work with this thing, and that all you're going to do is cause more spread, and it, with a three percent case fatality rate that the White House said. We don't know what the real case fatality rate is of this virus simply because of the fact that this administration has refused to do adequate testing because they're afraid to show the numbers. They're afraid to see more people having it, even though if they were to get more people having it and they were right about the virus and they were right that it's not as deadly as they think it is, then more testing would help prove that. But without the real te- without that testing, you can't know. You can't know what the case, the real case fatality rate is. So you have to have an estimate. Their estimate is three percent. So again, if we get three, what do we have? Six, seventy million things. There's maybe three hundred million people in this country left to potentially get the virus. Three hundred million times three percent. That's nine million people. Nine million more people that would die. If you try herd immunity, if the 3% case is down there, and let's say it was 1%, that's 3 million more people would die. How is that okay in any way? It doesn't make any sense. Not whatsoever. Except for the fact that Republicans and conservatives tend to not be altruistic. They tend to not have empathy. It's the difference between liberals and conservatives. Liberals have empathy. Conservatives lack empathy. Which is weird because you'd think that conservatives – being based off of religion in that, you know, a lot of people who have faith are said to, you know, be caring about their fellow man, but no, they're not, they're not, they don't have empathy. They, they, they could not care less about their fellow man. It's all about selfishness. It's all about greed. And yeah, Donald Trump and people like him have the money to get those crazy treatments that Trump got, even though Trump's case is probably mild can afford that. People who get it worse than Trump might not be able to afford those treatments that he got and as such might be more likely to die. But he doesn't care about those because all he cares about is helping his rich, wealthy cronies. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our first quick quick commercial break. Uh, We will come back, take your phone calls, and at the bottom of the hour we will have uh, our special guest, Ian Gerbitz on the show uh, to talk about his book, Death America, How it we, P- we the People Screwed Ourselves. Call in at their code 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Day and Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Mad. One progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues, with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right.
1: And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah.
2: Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh.
0: Catch you on the tunes. Would you like to support Liberal Dan Radio? Would you like a shout out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience, and for a limited time, first hour advertisers will lock in their rates. For the life of the podcast. Head on over to slash Liberal Dan and support the show today. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is Joseph Dan Zimmerman coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To Join the conversation. It's now area code 914 803 4131. That's 914 803 4131. And again, to support the podcast, go to slash double Dan. Contribute a couple bucks. Again, if, hey, if a thousand people were to donate 10 bucks a month to, 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 to make the show better, I'd be able to do this five nights a week or five days a week. I would be able to. Uh, not have to worry about any other things that I would do work-wise because that would be my full-time job. So I would love to see that happen. Let's let us see if we can make that happen. Yeah, 1,000 people, $10 a month. That would be awesome. Make this the year of Liberal Dan. That would be cool. Anyway, so and most likely, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be a negative Nancy, but, you know, I don't expect it to happen. But if it does, it would. I would be thrilled. And I would put my heart and soul even more so into the podcast, so um, it does look like um, potentially we do have uh, a caller on the line, and that may very well be Ian. Um, let's go ahead and see. Hey, is this Ian?
2: Yes, it is. How are you doing?
0: I am doing great. Thank you for calling into the show. I appreciate it. Uh, welcome. Sure. Um, Thank I, you. I was I was going to have a big build up on the thing but I you called in and I just came out of break and I'm like well, there's no real reason for me to go to break again just to come out of the break. So, um Girl, Don't let, don't let me stop you. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, let's see. So, I mean, we got uh Bill Maher says according to uh the person I was working with to get you on the show, uh loud applause to Ian Gravis for having the guts to say that it's not just Trump, he's a symptom created by we the people. Uh, this is the most important message we can all hear right now. It's delivered by the most enter- in a most entertaining and a compelling way. Um, yeah, Ian has been a, involved in many different TV shows, uh, written for HuffPost and other sources as well. Um, honored to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming on to discuss your new book, and we are going to talk a little bit about the contents of the book. So I do want to give a forewarning that some of the chapters or some of the words used in the book. Uh, might be uh, offensive to your you know, to younger ears, so if you are listening with your kids, you might want to put earmuffs on them or something. So, um, so again, once again, thank you for coming to the show. Tell tell us a little bit more about yourself as well, and, and what what caused you to a getting into writing books in general and writing this book in particular.
2: Well, actually, it's the third book I've done on politics and in the Trump world. Starting in, a – put one out in 2016 that uh, had an F-bomb in the title called Welcome to Dumb And the premise was that, you know, after Sarah Palin, I just started to think that we lowered the bar really, really low for someone who could theoretically become or could have become one malfunctioning defibrillator away from the Oval Office.
1: You, you know, you. Luckily,
2: she didn't, luckily she didn't make it, but it scared the hell out of me enough to start writing and look around and see what's going on in this country. And, you know, there's an adage that anyone can grow up to be president, which is something you tell kids. So they don't, uh, you know, put limits on their dreams. It doesn't mean any schmuck can do the job. Right. But after she, you know, that book ended about six months before the election when it was Cruz and Trump against Hillary. And I felt, You know, like many, fairly confident that she was going to win. But I also noted that this is politics and anything is possible. So hold on. And which I did. And on election night had the same uh, reaction that many people did. And I've been writing for this website. So I sort of had some pieces along the way, you know, observing what was going on during the election. And then I just started writing immediately and I put out a book in 2017 called Freak Out. All right. uh, it's a two, 2016 election, the dawn of the American Democalypse, just sort of looking at what the hell just happened. How did it happen? How did we let it happen? You know, because the fact is, you know, you can say that they carved out 78,000 votes in three swing states, whether or not the Russians were finagling with uh, things or not, but that doesn't account for the fact that 63 million Americans got an up-close look at Donald Trump, and pulled the lever and said, yeah, that's my president."
0: Exactly, so, exactly. I mean, I, it's, you know, a lot of people share this meme all over the place, but when he mocked the reporter with a disability, you know, like many people, like, why wasn't that the end? And, but it, the it thing is, that as, the you say, as you say in your book, uh, Trump is not the cause of what's broken in this country. He is the result of it. He's a malignant virus that grew out of our social, political, intellectual wet market. I love that. And attacks the body politic with no remorse and no goal other than to take over the host and kill it. Like, I mean, I, I yeah. can't think of a better explanation of how he was able to reach that point. If, if, if the well, American public was not ready to, at least a significant number of people in the American voters are not ready to, for that to happen, we, we would have never seen it. So, yes, he, he was, he was yeah. ready and willing and able to take advantage of that opportunity that, 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 that they created for him to just comfortably move right in.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of that was Obama blowback, and he knew was there. And, you know, it's almost worse than being an actual racist. He's someone who's dark enough to scratch that itch and mine it for political gain. So that's a level of darkness I don't think you see in most people, especially many, I would say, politicians and especially someone running for president. But he's willing to go there, you know, which is something that, you know, just looking at where things are right now, expect the worst. You know, the idea that, you know, oh, he'll never do that. Forget that. He will go there. So Democrats, I think, have got to be prepared you know, and the one thing I occasionally worry about with my own party is that we, we just don't know how to fight, which I mentioned at the end of that previous book in 2017, suggesting they ought to really hire Republican operatives. And, well, even though they didn't hire them, you look now at the Lincoln Project and Republican Voters Against Trump, and right. even these people have, have woken up. But they're, you know, they're in the front lines. I think the stuff they're doing is, is hard-hitting. Uh, I think it could actually be even harder.
0: I, know, I agree. you got to shake, I think shake could. some
2: people loose.
0: You know, yeah, I especially. mean, and the fact that you have groups like the Lincoln Project, like you have Republicans, you know, against Trump, and you have people who have come out. Um, and I don't know how hard, like, like, I mean... Biden may very well be the right person for the job of all the people, of the 20-something people that came out of the woodwork to try and become the next president. I mean, obviously, I don't think any of them are really serious in thinking that they would be able to get to the top of the ticket. But you never know. I think Clinton was pretty low on the ticket at the beginning of of the thing as well. So sometimes lightning strikes. Uh, Bill Clinton, I mean, not Hillary. Yeah. But, you know, you have... um, he, he, just, I, th- I think had maybe had we gone too progressive, and I don't, I, and I support more progressive policies, but maybe had we gone too progressive, uh, maybe those Republicans for Trump might have been a little gun shy to come out and put their necks on the line. Whereas with with Biden, they could be like, you know, maybe because he's somebody who we can point at. It's like oh, he's reached across the aisle in the past. He's not somebody that could be correctly labeled a socialist, although the beginning of the election of this election, regardless of who won the nomination, the Republicans would label them a socialist or, or Trump would label them a socialist. And clearly again, that's what they did. It's one of these like earlier in the show, I was talking about things where I, I I've been right. And even though I wish I wasn't like I was right yeah. in my concern in 2016, uh, when I said that if Trump wins this election, he can name up the three Supreme court nominees people looked at me yep. like I was crazy. That's never going to happen. Well, what happened? It happened. For, for yeah, and at happened. least months, if not years, before Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, I was like, Amy Coney Barrett is going to be the person that Trump puts to replace, to fill that vacancy if that vacancy ever happens. What happened? It happened. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I still want to know
2: why Anthony Kennedy retired. I never quite bought that explanation at the time. No,
0: I, I don't either. I, I believe that even I, I do believe there was a little bit of strong arming there i don't i don't think i don't think anybody is reasonable to expect that that whole thing was kosher like no i, I don't believe it and i don't believe that there was no tw- arm twisting involved and obviously there are some people who have said that there's some financial issues maybe with his son they're like okay yeah. well, we'll put a blind eye on that I don't have as much evidence on that to put my whole stock on. That's the reason why, but it's plausible. And there's also other plausible reasons why uh, Kennedy showed no reasons why he should quit. And then with his uh, majority, I think he wrote the majority opinion in Obergefell, the uh-huh. Hodges. And that's been used by like in heterosexual weddings because it was so well written. He didn't seem like somebody who was tiring of being on the court. So when he was like, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. It's like, what the hell happened this year? That, you know, there's, there's been a long, I'm going to do a series of YouTube videos. I think if I have the time to do it, um, where I'm like, to me, usually a coup is quick. To me, there's been this long running coup by the Republicans over since 2010. And that was part of it. They're getting Kennedy to resign at that opportune time is part of their coup.
2: Yeah, I think they got a taste of what it might be like to have somebody who had all their values but had a little bit of charisma with the base, and they looked at the crowds that Palin was getting and, you know, they were not shocked when they got another one. You know, for all their uh, lifting up their skirts at some point, and he's a race-baiting bigot, and he's going to destroy the party. Man, the second he took power... The second he got the nomination, the second he won, these people are ride or die, yep. you know, and you look at the hearings today. It's still going on. You know, they can smell it. They know they're in the fight for their lives. But, you know, I, I, I don't think there's any level of paranoia that's too crazy to go to. I try to stop myself on occasion, <laughs> you know, and say that's that's too nuts. But I would never go to he wouldn't do it if you look right. at his behavior. With uh, the call to, the, you know, the perfect phone call to the Ukrainian president. Right. Which people say, that uh, you know, that was, well, it was, he was just trying to get a little favor. That's the way business is pro quo. That wasn't bribery. It was extortion. Right. It was, unless you do this, we will not do that for you. And that's the way this guy deals. You know, I don't think he's any stranger to Compromise. So. Well, there's there there's no.
0: I just don't think like, – I don't think there's – in any of his businesses, I don't think he's had to answer to anybody. Like, I don't think no. he – I think he, he's always been the, the guy that makes every decision, and he doesn't like being told that you can't do something. So no, I, he's a, I think he, that's he's – a, He's a mob boss. I
2: mean, people – you know, again, people on my side, they go, oh, my goodness, he, he's a president, but he's acting just like a criminal. And I keep saying, no, he's a criminal who's trying to act like a president. That's right. who he is. Wake up and realize that's the devil you're dealing with. And, you know, to me, he's dumb as hell, but he's not stupid. And he doesn't right. paint his way out of corners. He punches his way out. If you look at all the things he's gone through and he's still punching, never, ever count him out. So, you know, it's, it scares the hell out of me when I see Democrats online you know, positing who do you think would make a good attorney general? You know, Sally Yates, Brett Robert. It's like, slow the fuck down, man. I don't right. want that look, look on my face
0: in three weeks. No, and now because in 2016, the look on my face. I was at a former friend's house, but I was at a friend's house, and for around 7:20 or 7:30 p.m. Central Time, where. Uh, Florida, the, the non panhandle part of part of Florida had just flipped to being in the, Trump having the lead in the non panhandle. At that point, my face went gray. And yeah. they're like, Are you okay? And I was like, No, I'm not okay, because if Trump has the lead going into the panhandle being counted, that means Trump wins Florida, which is a big problem for the rest of the country. Now, yep. I don't know this year because of there's so many Um, there's so many ballots that are going to be cast absentee in Florida this year. And apparently Florida doesn't release those until after the panhandle votes about the panhandle closes their polls. I don't think we Mm -hmm. can, I can have that same. We can't have that same feeling. Then we have to make sure to be, be caught conscious of the fact that even though Florida does count them, they'll have them all counted, but they won't be released till after so eight Central, nine Eastern. So we have to be patient on those things to kind of get. But I think Florida is going to be a real litmus test. Once that nine o'clock hour hits and all those absentee ballots get counted, we'll then see yep. how that is showing up. But yeah, again, I, Biden, I, I do Biden agree with Florida. you. We should we should not be sitting well, who should Biden pick as attorney general? No, let's win, and then we can worry about yeah. that during the transition assuming we have, don't have a fight over the transition. But let's not even worry yeah, about well that there's going to be a fight over the transition because we need to win.
2: Yeah, I mean, Florida will be a big benchmark because it'll make it tougher to steal, which right. is his goal. His goal is to declare victory on election night, no matter what's going on, counting ballots in any other state. He's going to try to declare, I won. He's going to try to shut off. Uh, counting of the ballots. He will make any move he can think of, you know, up and including Amy Coney Barrett on the court to try to steal this election because he knows what he's facing if he loses. You know, I I can't even get to the point of what's he going to do during the lame duck. Don't even go there yet. Right now, I'd be looking at Florida, like you said, and I would be bombarding that place With ads and the candidates appearing there, you know, treat it like it's Dresden after World War II. Just target the hell out of it. He's going to steal your Social Security. He's going to take Medicare. He's going to kill the ACA. He's going to let this disease spread. Herd, you know, as he said, mentality, which is actually an accurate description of his followers. But, you know, herd immunity, just let it burn through the country. Let the old folks go like pigs in a minefield. Right. No. This is this is frightening stuff. I've you know, I've been through Nixon. This far and away is more frightening. This is, you know, as I put in the book, this is possibly the death of democracy in this country. That's why I call this death to America, you know, how we the people screwed ourselves. Because with everything he's done up to now, in a sane, intelligent, moral country, this election should not even be close. It should be a complete runaway. So when I see, well, you know, the polls could tighten and he's up a little bit here, I believe very little of what I see. I've got that same, you know, gut-wrenching feeling I had four years ago because, you know, no matter what candidate you choose, you know, elections take place in time and they're not this tabla rasa like a lot of pundits like to discuss, well, we had this candidate then and we had this candidate then. to me... Presidential elections, are like a cross between a Tinder date, a rugby scrum, and a street fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's chaos. And right now, we're in full tilt chaos. And he's still going. You know, he—if you believe it, I guess—he got the damn disease, turned into Superman, and powered through it.
1: <laughs> and
2: he's still going. You know, I don't know what they're doing. Whether they're filling him up with Regeneron. You know, it's like what. What was the one thing that was missing from Trump's behavior all this time? Steroids.
0: Right, exactly. And, and there, was, there was a, a – I forget the, a, the guy who wrote the article about this. I forget his name. But he basically said, I was sick with something else, and I think they gave him the remdesivir or something, whatever it is that's, that's the steroid or whatever. And he, felt, like he said, when, when they gave me that, I felt like I could do anything like it was like i felt like I, I needed people to ground me because i felt like i could do anything i wanted to do i felt like i could do and giving yeah. that to trump is just a recipe for disaster because and now trump's going around oh i'm immune I, I i can kiss every man and woman out here in in the in, in the yeah. audience and it, it'll be fine and let me throw my COVID hats to people and you know like small block blankets yes. you know out to the you know and yeah there's there's maybe less evidence that such an action would be a threat. It's probably more of a threat that he would go out and kiss people, regardless of whether or not he had a disease. But I mean, he's, he's typhoid Barry. He's, he's, he's
2: no, he, he is actually, gonna... he's, he's the Jesus of the coronavirus. You know, I, I'm yeah. really surprised that he didn't stage his own death. And then just come back to life three days later.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I would I, I would not have been surprised. Donald Trump, said, three days later, I'm back. I I yep.
1: came
0: back. I'm better than Jesus.
1: Yep.
2: I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, you know, what's frightening to me is that these people are still showing up. Now, whether they're paid or not, you know, and the, the real crazy thing, I look, because I just look at the TV, and he's up on this podium, and he's got the people behind him, and they're all wearing the MAGA masks.
1: Behind and
2: him, yeah. I know, I know irony is not big with this crowd. You know, they're not political scientists. They're political Scientologists. But right. if, you look at that pic- if you look at that picture and you go, you folks are supporting this guy and you're standing behind him and you have to wear a mask because you're afraid to go out in public for fear of catching a deadly virus that this idiot let into the country and let spread. How MAGA are things looking right now?
1: Right. Well, I think, there's, but, I think you know, part of the rules
0: is, is you, if you want to stand behind Trump and be on camera, you have to be in the mask. Because if, yeah. you, if they pan the other side, nobody's wearing a mask and those things. And one of the things, though, is, is, is that, you know, yeah, you, you, everyone questions, how are these people still supporting him? And, and one of the things that I've said on this channel, um, quoting um, Barack Obama from his 2004 speech, uh, when Barack Obama said, I actually believe Barack Obama was wrong in his 2004 speech at the convention. Uh, when he said there's not two Americas, you know, liberal America and conservative America, blue America, red America, there's the United States of America. He was wrong. There are two Americas, at least yeah. two Americas, and, and, and a good chunk of one side of this America, the one that's still supporting Donald Trump, uh, those who are not like in the wealthy group that we understand why they're supporting him because they believe they're going to make more money off of him and they can afford to get the virus and they can afford the the big expensive treatments. But the other part, these people just, it is a cardinal sin to admit a mistake. They will double down on 12 to to prove that they didn't. Yeah. My hope is
2: Democrats have hired psychologists who know how marks in a con game feel. And what's the best way to get through to them? Because obviously they've been able to peel off a lot of those, the latter group that you mentioned, uh, away from him. But yet it's not it – sh- this should be a complete runaway. It should be a formality at this point. But I don't think it is.
0: It's, I, I, don't, know, I, don't I will, agree with you.
2: I'll, I'll, watch, I'll look at the polls and if there are a temperature of what's going on. I'll nod and say, "Okay, interesting. It's better this than the other way around." But this ain't done, you know. Like you said, Florida will be a big barometer, and yep. if that if that goes the wrong way, I'm going to start biting my nails for the whole night. Oh, we you know. So
0: who? Maybe even a whole month. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people. The like, whole month. Because I mean, the, the, the electoral college doesn't have to have the results till December eighth, because that's right. like the I mean, December fifteenth, I think, is the the first Monday or the second Monday in December. I think is when they have to actually meet. But I think the eighth is when they have to be certified. But yeah, that, that's that's why this whole oh we have to get this done on election night is ridiculous. No, we don't have to get it done on election night. Um, but I think one of the problems is that the Supreme Court was it today or yesterday ruled that uh, the 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 census doesn't have to Top continue county. counting. So, yep. so if they they're, tried, they that, tried if they're to not going to make an exception for the census which is constitutionally mandated that we get an accurate count of the people living in this country um, you know will this and that's a, that's a four. I don't know what that decision was I don't know what the numbers were honestly uh, but I know that if Supreme Court ruled that way, you know it's wasn't four4 four, and there's not a ninth person currently because Barrett's still in those hearings. Yeah. I mean, she might be there next week, but she – it's, it's a dangerous proposition to be like, okay, well, will the courts not allow the counting of votes to take place? You know, will they stop the counting you know of votes?
2: they are already got lawyers in every single state pulling everything, every single move they can think of, and the Democrats have got lawyers, and they're fighting them state by state based yep. on the rules in each one. And I'm sure they've got their game plan. You know, if Florida, then we do this. If, was, if Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, then we do that. You know, Ohio, who knows? You know, again, yeah. it worries me when I hear Democrats getting giddy about Texas and Georgia. It's like, you know, right. get the 270, 270 first, you know, because at times the Democratic rallying cry, rallying cry is, hey, we lost by less. Right. You know. So if Texas is getting closer, great. I'll worry about that in 2024, assuming we're all here in 2024.
0: Right. No, yeah, I mean, no. the Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and maybe Florida should be what the Democrats are really focusing on. If we can get those other states to, then great. You know, like, I don't. I hate seeing, like, I, I cringe when I see, oh, let's all donate to Amy McGrath. No, That's, Mitch McConnell is not going to lose to Amy McGrath. So let's, 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 you know, I could see maybe, you know, donating to Harrison if that race is really going to tighten and really going to be a chance. But, you it's know, get, I don't getting, think we're – It's getting closer. Right. But, but, you know, it's important to take the Senate. And I don't know yep. if Jones – I don't know if Jones can keep on a seat in, in Alabama, which means we need to I don't know that seats. But that, Warner should be dicey. one.
2: I mean, it took – it took he had to run against a child your... molester right. to win. So, right. I don't know. That bar is pretty low. So, I agree. You've got to go after those Senate seats that look the most promising.
0: But don't get greedy. You know, <laughs> like, I don't, don't know get, if we can don't beat get, Ernst. I mean, I, th- I think Warner's a good opportunity. I think Hickenlooper's a good opportunity. Um, Kelly. Montana's Kelly. a possibility because of how popular their governor was. Um, yep. And, Georgia races, um, maybe. Georgia races, maybe, but you can't trust Georgia because Kemp. Already nope. loves proved that he likes the shenanigans because Stacey Abrams should yep. be the governor of Florida. I mean Georgia right now. Um, um,
2: yeah, he already did that. He already did that once. So if there's a way, yeah. he'll do it again. Exactly. So yeah, you've got to go after the sure things and pump them up. Jamie Harrison, yeah, it's a possibility. Amy McGrath is not looking like. I don't. Yeah. I would dump a lot of money in there. She's you know, she handled herself pretty well, face to face with him while he was just chortling along, but. You know, I'd be happy with just
0: demoting him if you can't get rid of him. Right. I mean, dump him into Maine. Maybe have Collins. I mean, Collins is potentially in trouble. So that's like, the race I couldn't think of. Is, is, is Maine? Is, is the you, you get Hickenlooper, you beat Collins, and you, then you just need one more, and then Kelly. I think it's I think it's reasonable. But yeah, don't we need to not get giddy and get overzealous because. They're going to have their ground game and they're going to have their cheating and we need to be ready for both.
2: Yeah. How long did it take? How long were people waiting in Georgia on the first day of op- of uh, in-person voting? 11 hours? Right. That was a lot station? of time. Now, yeah.
0: now, to be fair, I mean, now my mom now lives, my mom moved from Maryland to Georgia. So they waited apparently in 30 minutes in line. So it was a rather short mm-hmm. line comparatively. So it's good. It's good to hear that they were able to Get in and out um, much more much more quickly than some of the other people. Like
1: we're
0: we're going to early vote here in Louisiana. Not that our vote matters because Louisiana will probably one of the last to to keep voting for Trump. If it got that if it's that close where Louisiana's in play, I mean Trump's in huge trouble. Louisiana yeah. loves Trump. I don't know how in the last governor's election we kept our Democratic governor. Probably you know, only because. When... Go ahead.
2: Trump. Trump went to Louisiana after the election. He made one of his little, you know, victory lap tours and did a rally. All and right. I remember he was ta- he was talking about, you know, drain the swamp. You know, I didn't really think my people said try it. I didn't really think you'd go for it. But, you know, you did. But hell, it doesn't matter. I don't need your votes anymore. Anyhow. Right. That's how that's how honest this guy is. You know, if you can call it honest, it's, it's, a, it's a strange way of putting it. But he, he doesn't, you can see what he's got in mind. He doesn't hide it. He just comes out and says it. He doesn't, ha- he doesn't have the brains to hide it.
0: Right. And like I was saying, I was going to say earlier, and I lost my train of thought, but I was Sorry. going to say earlier Trump, no, it's fine. But Trump is, you know, he's not intelligent, but he's a savvy criminal. And there's a huge yeah. difference between the two. He's not book smart. He clearly doesn't understand science at all. I mean, inject bleach, come on. Uh, Injected, yeah. disinfected or whatever he said But he is a savvy creature He knows how to get away with crime And yes, he, does he does it repeatedly And with the help of lots of lawyers And now he has uh, lawyers the, the government lawyers for Defending him in civil matters That they shouldn't be defending him in either Because the Justice Department is defend- or Representing him With the rape accusation And then they're also representing yep. Melania In that recording so yeah. and and in the
2: uh, the case against her former uh, acquaintance who wrote the book. Right. But, you know, they don't care. I mean, you could you can scream Democrats can scream about emoluments and the Act all day long. He simply doesn't care. You know, he's mm-hmm. got the attitude of a mob boss, which is I'm going to do whatever I want. Stop me. That's it. You know, I mean, look at what's happening. What is it tomorrow night? We have two network uh, town halls.
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand why they well, didn't stagger them.
2: You know, thank, thank you, NBC. Yeah. You know, look back to 2016. They staged that idiotic commander-in-chief summit on a ship in New York Harbor, and they stocked it with military people. And, you know, who was hosting it? Uh, Matt Lauer. Of all people, right. Political political pervert. Right. And he went after Hillary. All you heard from him all night was email, email, email all night from him. You know, and with Trump, he he ran down this nonsensical run about ISIS and the general's plan. And maybe my plan will be different than their plan, but maybe we'll share a plan. Not a word. I was just I was throwing bricks at my television. (laughs) <laughs> screaming. This, this is gibberish. This is nonsense. This man, why he might as well be just have his finger in his lips and just going and no one said anything. So it's just it's mind-blowing what he's been, you know, the fastballs and screwballs he's been able to blow by a good portion of the electorate. So, and who knows how this is going to shake out tomorrow night? Who knows? You know, uh, Rudy tried his little October surprise you know, with uh, what's his name, his son's yeah, computer. Huh. This, this this bit of yeah. nonsense. You know, I don't even why. Maybe they've got nothing else. Pompeo's up there saying, "I'm going to get more of Hillary's emails out."
0: It's like what? Right. World it's it's, are it's we weird in? to me that they're still running against Hillary. Like I guess they figured it worked last time. Why not run against Hillary again? But
2: yeah, and you know, I could I could imagine this because sometimes I think, what if COVID hadn't happened? He would not have been in horrible shape in this election. Right. I don't think there would have been the mass defection. To, no, he's just too horrible. He's too gross. He's too disgusting. He's too stupid. I don't think people would have peeled off. So this, What he did with this disease and how he mishandled it and bungled it from the start has been a litmus test and an eye-opener for a lot of people, mainly because 215,000 people are dead. Over right. 7 million cases. We were stuck in our homes. You still have to wear masks to go out. People have lost work. You know, it may, it's changed life in this country for the worse. And I think it finally took that to wake some people up. But still, I wonder, have, has it woken enough people? I mean, my, my, I don't talk with that many Republicans, but if I were having a conversation, I would just say, look out the window. Are you better off now than you were 4 years ago? Cuz for all the winning he said you'd be tired of right. how much winning is going on, you know? I'm, I'm tired you, you of want...
0: lots of things. Clearly is it winning. And even, and even yeah. the only thing that I that I will 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 say that he did is yes, I pay less taxes under Donald Trump than I did before Donald Trump, but I'm willing to pay more in taxes and not have a a fascist racist Nazi-loving, anti-Semite yeah. in, the, in the Oval Office who is responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of Americans because of this COVID virus, and that's me being conservative.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, again, what, what, I wish Democrats would just go after him on his few little remaining talking points. You know, I created the greatest economy in the history of the world. No, you didn't. You rode right. the Obama-Biden recovery. You juiced the stock market with tax cuts. The ultra rich, it didn't trickle down because trickle down economics is horseshit and always was. Yep. You know, so that was a myth. First of all, secondly, nobody saw the virus coming. No, everyone saw it coming. And if you listen to the Bob Woodward tapes, you saw it coming. So you know, yeah. nobody nobody could have seen this. There was nothing else we could do. No, everybody saw it, including you. And there was a lot you could have done because other countries have done it. We are the mutts of the world right now. Yep. And who's behind us? Brazil and India. Look at who's at the head of those countries. You know? Yep. So all, all his little talking points. We've, we've done an amazing job. I give myself an A+. Plus. No, you get an F on this for basically you're fucked up.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, we're, and we're said, paying this, the price. This is his biggest test, the biggest test that he faced. And he failed it miserably. But yet, there are still okay. people who... Not only will not criticize them for it, but who think everything is still fake news and it's a farce and the media is lying to you and will use the BS numbers. Oh, there's, you know, 99.3% of people don't get it or haven't died. Of the mm-hmm. country. And I'm like, that's like, these people are, I don't know how they made it out of high school because I don't but know he, how they passed what? high school science. It's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, maybe they but you cheated. Know what? Maybe that's how they did it.
2: They're such sheep because they do exactly what he says. Had he sobered up for a minute and thought, if I handle this, this could be my crowning achievement and I could ride this into reelection. But he turned not wearing a mask into an act of defiance. He could have just as he could have just as easily said, look, this disease got in. I tried to shut down travel from China which was bullshit. People were still coming in, but the disease still came in from Europe, so it didn't matter. But the fact is, it's here. Now, we have to band together as a country and stop it. And that involves us doing our part with PPE, with tests, with contact tracing, and we will get this thing marginalized. And meanwhile, people have to do their part. We've got to lock down. We have to go out slowly. We've got to wear masks, stay six feet away. I mean, he would have had these very same people, who showed up at his rallies. They wouldn't have been there, and then they would have been six feet apart, and then they would have been all wearing masks. They will do whatever he tells them. Yep. Because he's he's empowered them. If he told yeah, them he that could they have, set, had to he wear could them. have
0: just set the major example, and and I mean he would he if he would have said wearing this mask is an act of patriotism and yeah. I'm going to make I'm going to make campaign maga masks and I want everybody to wear them to show their support for me and this country and they would have been like yes sir a right, show up for duty yep. sir yep they were I mean
2: what was you ever see a Woody Allen movie bananas yes
0: when the when the
2: uh, the rebel gets into power and decides from now on we're all going to be wearing our underwear on the outside right that's where we are yep so you know right now it's just Hang in. Three weeks is an eternity in politics. And again, as you said, it's not just three weeks. Right. It's until December. And who knows how he's going to screw around until then. You know, I'm sure he's got plan A, plan B, plan C. If I win the vote, so I guess it wasn't rigged. I guess mail in balloting was
0: okay. Right. I mean, mail in I mean, votes. But, and, and the whole thing with mail in balloting, too, is just he, he while he's complaining about these unsolicited ballots, which are not ballots, they're ballot applications. The Florida GOP was sending out unsolicited ballot applications. And not only were they sending out unsolicited ballot applications, they were sending them to some people who no longer lived in Florida. So, like, it's, it's just sheer hypocrisy. Like, just the amount yeah. of, and they don't care. No. They don't care. Because it, it well, you either say it, they make an excuse for it, or it's fake news. No, or Lugan Press, the as, as the original Hitler would have yes,
2: said. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, I've said before, the worst thing you can call a Democrat is inconsistent in their position or, wor- you know, horror of horror is a hypocrite. The worst thing you can call a Republican is out of power.
1: Right.
2: And they simply, they simply don't give a shit. You know, you can look at Mitch McConnell with the Merrick Garland seat, and, well, we can't fill the seat in, in uh, right. while we're having a now presidential election 10 months away. And look at Mitch McConnell now going, we're filling the seat. And you've got people in the rallies with fill the seat t shirts. And you can scream hypocrisy all day long. They don't care. Nope. It's stop me. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I've got the power to do. So go ahead and stop me. And, you know, for all the hearings in the last couple of days, they're not going to stop this nomination. She's going to get, you know, unless unless they find
0: a severed head in her freezer. Right.
2: I, could, get, I was trying to think to earlier on Fern. the show
0: what she could have possibly done. What could she possibly do in order to, in order to, for conservatives say, nope. You know, I can't. We can't get behind it anymore. The only thing I could think of was having an affair with Obama. That's the only thing I could yeah. come up with.
2: <laughs> can you can you leak that one out?
0: <laughs> I don't. Maybe. not know, know. Can
2: we can we can we start to uh, put that out on Twitter? See if it has gets
0: any. uh Retweet? She is from my neck of the woods, so it's possible that there may some people might know some 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 dirty little secrets. I don't know, but well, I not know if I just anybody knows imagine. them. Yeah. And here's the thing, it's just, it's just that like the Republicans can do all these dirty tricks and nobody bats an eyelash. But the moment the Democrats suggest court packing, oh, that's terrible. You shouldn't court pack. You have to court yes. pack to to fix the damage that you did with this. Now Now, I I can't say that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the um, Democrats pulling the trigger on ending the filibuster, but both sides are ridiculous about ending the filibuster. Both sides prove themselves to be hypocrites with that, and the fact that, you know, nobody compromises anymore, and there's no no compromise left, and so you would wind up getting these extremist judges, and they, yeah, go ahead.
2: At the time, well, at the, at the time, Obama couldn't get any of his lower court judges confirmed.
0: Right. And so then Trump, they, goes, they Trump, their, Trump goes. they made their move. Right. They made their move and, and for the lower court justices. And then the, the, the Republicans are like, well, since y'all did it, we're going to do it too, even though yeah. they complained about it when the Democrats did it. Well, it's wrong. Of well, it's wrong when the Democrats do it, it's wrong when the Republicans do it. But nobody cares about Republican hypocrisy. Everybody only seems to care no. about Democratic hypocrisy.
2: No, the idea at the time, you know, the idea behind it is that yeah, we don't get extremists because you need someone who's more in the middle, right? Who, you know, will actually look at the law, and render a verdict accordingly, you know, which is the language of all these confirmations, but it's usually the smokescreen that
0: that the nominees hide behind.
2: You know, I mean, Garland wasn't just
1: liberal.
0: Garland wasn't an extreme liberal by any stretch of the imagination. I, mean, I think he was appointed by Bush, wasn't he? Yeah,
2: but it. it and didn't all these, I think, think he was a
0: confirmed twenty ninety seven and nothing. Of course, lower courts have less power, so there's that. But still, these guys raved about Garland prior to Obama naming him. But because Obama named him, you have to fight everything Obama does, and they said that in a meeting before he was even inaugurated. So, well,
2: you know see what happens and see if they know how to wield power if and when they get it. Cause you can't stand back. And I don't blame Obama for trying because that was the reasonable move at the time. Let right. me see if I can work with these people, but their agenda, as McConnell said at the time, my political goal is to make sure that he is a one-term president. So they went full of, they went full obstruction. So at some point you can't roll over. You have to fight, but you know, she outed herself today to me, when she wouldn't even commit to climate change. She called it a highly controversial issue. So that's helped me. She's just just auditioning for the boss. That's all. So she, you know, they do the same. I can't, I don't, uh, I just can't comment on a hypothetical and you'd ask me to, you know, I I can't rule on something that hasn't come before me. I would have to look at the specifics of the case. It's all just the usual smokescreen. So she will get confirmed. Yep. But, you know, that Obama affair sounds sounds pretty good. I would float that.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I, I look, I, I mean, many other things in the book. I mean, it can't go over every single quality thing, yeah. but you describe Alex Jones as a roided out flaming bag of shit that came to life like something out of Pinocchio. I mean, like, if that doesn't make anybody want to read the book, I don't know what will. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you uh, want to add about the book or how people can get it and, and then where uh, else they called, can see more about more of your information?
2: It's called Death to America, How We the People Screwed Ourselves, and it's on Amazon, paperback or Kindle, along with uh, other books I've written. And I'm on Twitter. You can find me there if you want. Instead, I'm happy to talk to anybody until, until the conversation gets stupid. Then, I'm, then it's uh, goodbye. Right, but you know, I'm not sure what there is at, to reasonably discuss at this point. You know,
0: we're in the lifeboat;
2: it's got a few holes in it. What would you like to do?
0: Let's get some of that this that is, spackle that they show on infomercials on that, like you yes. know, seals up everything, can can turn a plank into a plank, a board into a you know, and a missing board into a completely working ship again. You know, whatever it is. But exactly. We need the political yeah. version of that. Yep. I mean, look, that's fine. Vote,
2: just vote, vote, get out however you can. This is not one to sit out. Right. You know, and it's the not that one to vote third party a, either. God, no, wherever Jill Stein is. <clears throat> and I'd love to know where she got her money. You know, right.
0: Although the, the, the amazing thing is, though, that in, in in Michigan, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania in 2016, there were, I think, 10 percent of Bernie supporters that went for Trump. Had they just yep. voted for Stein, Hillary would have won. But because yep. you have these, as I've been calling them on Twitter this year, whiny little kids mm-hmm. who yep. just get mad that they can't get their way and take their ball and go home and want to, and would prefer, they're, they're more concerned with destroying the democratic party than they, because they, their guy didn't win, than actually stopping harm that Trump is doing to people, you know, I I don't don't know how to reach those people either. If I know how to reach those, I I wish I wouldn't know how to reach those people other than just by shaming them for their votes. But there's a certain amount of people that-
2: All I can say to those people is I would love to live in Bernie-topia, but right now I just want to find my way out of hell.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And if
2: this ain't hell, then it's an incredible facsimile.
0: Well, I do want to thank you very much for coming onto the program. I really appreciate it. An invitation. You want to come back anytime to discuss this book, other books that you that you might write in the future, or just you know to shoot the shit. I'm more than welcome yeah. to have you on the show. I appreciate you very much. Anytime. Uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good one.
2: You too. Good All
0: luck. Right. Thank you so much. Bye. And that is the most important thing that uh, Ian Gerber said. Go out and vote. You need to go out. You need to cast that ballot. This is not the time to sit in the silence. You need to do your part, show up to make sure that this ridiculousness, that we do not see the death of America, as he states in the title of the book. But definitely, go read the book. Go get it. Support him. and Support everybody that comes on the show as well. Um, Again, this is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Uh, Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash Dan. Uh, you can also, the minicast on Anchor, uh, all the places you can find me, you can go to liberaldan.com, click the link on social media, find all the places. Remember, you can support the podcast, uh, patreon.com slash liberaldan as well, buy commercial advertising on the podcast, or just support it flat out and become a patron. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk to the left. That's right. Thank you.